Here's the kicker though. Barnava and Rasputin met in one of the capital salons, and if they did not become friends, the two men of similar backgrounds apparently realized they could be of use to each other. Rasputin could help advance Varnava's career, Yikes. and Varnava could help Rasputin defend against attacks from within the ranks of the church. Creeps. More info, though not personally verified through other sources. Maybe someone can help with that. Her maternal uncle, I assume Marina Abramovic, her maternal uncle was the powerful Varnava Rozig, patriarch of the Serbian Orthodox Church. His body is interned at the Temple of St. Sava in Belgrade. He believed that Hitler's policy toward Jews and lesser races served all mankind. Of course. His last act, that's interesting, isn't it? The Nazi connections just keep turning up. Everywhere. Everywhere. Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab, remember? Klaus Schwab, we covered that the other day. Good Lord. Um, his last act was to oppose a Vatican concordat to control the Orthodox Church. Knights assassinated him with poison before the final vote. The Orthodox Temple of St. Sava in Belgrade, Serbia, is the largest Orthodox Church currently in use. They're schismatics. The, are they? I think so, yeah. Interesting. The, uh, Radix is saying they're schismatics. Um, the church is dedicated to St. Sava, founder of the Serbian church and an important figure in medieval Serbia. From its location, the temple dominates Belgrade's skyline and is perhaps the most monumental building in the city. St. Sava was known as the Luciferian Enlightener. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, what? He was a, okay, the, but the Luciferian there is in brackets, so I think that's inferred. So he was known as the Enlightener, but the inference being Lightbringer, Enlightener, Luciferian. He was a Serbian prince and Orthodox monk, the first archbishop of the autocephalous Serbian church. He was a prince of the house of Nemanjic, descended from a Kabit Vukanovic dynasty from the 1100s line of Hugh Cabot. I believe that this is Marina's secret maternal East European Merovingian bloodline, what? the House of Nemanjic. Though I haven't found a direct link, I believe that the name Rosic links to the Rosicrucianism secret society. Rosicrucianism is a uh, philosophical secret society said to have been founded in late medieval Germany by Christian Rosenkreutz. That's got to be a pseudonym. Just saying. It is. Rosenkreutz. Or not even a real person, just allegorical story to explain their founding. It holds a doctrine or theology built on esoteric truths of the ancient past, past which concealed from the average man provides insight into nature, the physical universe and the spiritual realm. 
Rosicrucianism is symbolized by the rosy cross or rose cross. Of course, a cross without Jesus on it, but instead a rose, a creepy little rose. Some rainbow stuff, some okay. Hebrew stuff, okay. a little pentagram action, you know. Look at this. Creepy. Um, and then the one, uh, okay, I'll, I'll be done in a second. Um, the one other person that these made a efforts mention all the time is Philip Melanchthon right here. This guy was super buddy-buddy with Martin Luther. And I believe had a teacher, mutual teacher, of both him and Luther, who was literally a Kabbalist. Um, I can't for, I can't remember the guy's name though. But the guy that apparently taught the both of them was deep into Kabbalah, Kabbalah and not the Jewish Kabbalah, although they drew from it. It was Kabbalah with a C, which is like similar, but stealing aspects of Christian um, theology. Christian Kabbalah, there we go. Spelled with a C, C-A-B-B-A-L-A. There is so much here to dig into. I just, I don't even know where to begin. Um, yeah, I think it was this guy. Might have been this guy, Johann Kemper. I could be wrong. Some weird stuff here. A lot of stuff to dig into. Um, I chip away at it as I'm able, but there's just so much. We'll try to do more next week. All right. Um, I'm out of here. Over to her. And I will see you all next week. All right, everybody. So um, we're going to go right into the show prep. There's a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Uh, tonight's show prep, uh, we're going to talk about the, um, the vaccines. And we're going to get into modern eugenics, which is what it is. Um, and, you know, medical tyranny. So I think that's important. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say was um, if you have not seen the latest video from the Ice Age Farmer, you need to watch that because that is talking about the uh, aforementioned and forecasted coming cyber attack that will be worse than COVID. And uh, this is going to be directed at the food supply. All right. And so we kind of covered how last week, um, maybe it was a week before that, that trekking company was hit with a cyber attack and they were shut down for like 24 hours. The truckers couldn't get in or out. Um, that is probably the trial run for something far bigger. So again, remember what I said six months ago and continue to say it's probably more like nine months ago now so that we're in December. It was like in March to get six months of food stored up so you will be prepared uh, when this stuff happens.
Okay, so um, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Eugenics, this vaccine, why they're pushing it so hard. Um, and, you know, it's uh, mRNA kind of creeps me out. So <laughs> I believe a lot of this stuff is um, designed to like modify our genetics and our DNA. It is satanic. I refuse to take it. So there. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> exactly. <Hard> pass. <laughs> I don't want their mark of the beast. No thanks. <laughs> I'll take my chances at a 99% survival rate. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to look at some stories tonight of um, some of the things that are going on with like this, um, this vaccine. And, uh, you know, people have already died from this. That's right. The media won't tell you about it, but we will. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and a secret proceedings. You guys know what this represents? Well, the You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. What's going to surprise You'll find out. But we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. America is governed by Americans. Infiltration instead of invasion. On subversion instead of elections. On intimidation instead of free choice. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. For them, it's a war. And for them, nothing at all is out of bounds. Man will be what he was born to be. Free and independent. That's right. I'm not going to say how much I love that video, but I really love that video. <laughs> I know. Cole did such a good job with that. And uh, the other one that he did is also very good. I've got to get a, um, the opportunity to play that one more. Now, unfortunately, we do not have a um, song with Ree tonight. She was just too wound up and busy, so <laughs> we're just um, using another one. But that's okay. She's going to do some this weekend, I'm sure. Psalm 103 of David. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, 
who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Amen. Okay, so I wanted to cover this because I know we kind of touched on this last night um, when Pinata asked about the peace deals and stuff, and I just wanted to remind everybody about what um, 1 Thessalonians 5.3 says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, and do as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Good point. Um, one thing that I always look for is that anytime you hear news about peace deals, they always are sure and careful to say peace and security, not peace and safety. Yes, exactly. They're and I think careful. that it's, yeah, it's important that we like 
remember what we were told about that. And they're also, by the way, constantly tying COVID and the vaccine to safety and security. So that's another aspect to this. Um, and one, another thing too, and you can take it however you want, but I take it literally, but, uh, le but let us watch and be sober. That's why I don't drink or do anything else because on that day of reckoning, I need to be stone cold sober. Exactly. <laughs> I need to know exactly what is going on right now. I don't want to yeah. meet my maker and not be at my full capacity. Yeah, and not be of sound mind, exactly. So um, just to show you uh, the eugenics tree, I'm sure a lot of people remember this graphic, but just look at what it says and compare that to what we talked about last night. Eugenics is the self-direction of human evolution. Self-directed evolution is exactly what we talked about last night. And that's exactly what they're trying to do now. So we have in here, uh, tying into this genetics, like genetic modification, which of course, CRISPR, hello, anatomy, physiology, biology, psychology, mental testing, anthropomorphy, or anthropometry, history, geology, archaeology, ethnology, geography, law, politics, statistics, economics, biography, genealogy again, sociology, religion, education, medicine, surgery, psychiatry. So that's nice. Yeah, I bet you're asking yourself, what does economics have to do with evolution? It is the self-directed and centrally planned and controlled economics that picks and chooses who succeeds, who fails. They are directing, in that sense, eugenics because they're picking and choosing the winners and losers. That's a crazy slide. That says it all right there. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? Like a tree, eugenics draws its materials from many sources and organizes it into a harmonious entity. More of this living in harmony with nature bullshit. That's what and it is. One of the roots on that tree is this medicine. Hmm. Big pharma. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, think about this. And they combine this stuff. Um, you know, it's lawfare. Uh, with, you know, we've all seen it, how certain people they get treated differently. It's a two-tiered system of justice. That's part of their self-controlled and directed human evolution, picking and choosing who succeeds, who fails, what families do well, which families are poor. Think about this. That's what they're doing. It's disgusting. And it is. It's, it's the absolute control. Of, of evolution right so if they if they make someone that cannot you know bear children or if they kill off a certain race i mean it's I mean, they're trying to create the perfect race the people that believe and do and say as they do yes that's right so 
everybody just, you know, think about that. Let that sink in. Remember Jeffrey Epstein's evolutionary dynamics program he funded to the tune of $30 million at Harvard. What was his interest in evolution? Why was he so obsessed with, um, you know, creating a sperm bank and impregnating women at the Zorro Ranch to create a master race? Why is he such a supremacist? Huh. Isn't that is, interesting? Why is Bill Gates all about vaccines and he's not a doctor? Yes, exactly. Um, we have a, a video. This is the one from 316 Exposure. I wanted to get to uh, yesterday, but we're going to get to it today. COVID-19 vaccines safe or deadly? The world is spinning, staggering, and struggling from the Chinese coronavirus now called COVID-19 to basically conceal the fact that it came from China. The jury is still out on whether it was man-made or natural and whether it was released accidentally or used by the Chinese Communist Party as germ warfare. As of today, there have been more than 12 million confirmed COVID-19 cases. However, many of the deaths are suspects since gunshot deaths, heart attacks, etc. were classified as COVID-19. Hospitals are paid more if deaths are COVID deaths. As always, follow the money. It would be helpful and honest if any health official speaking to the media be required to inform the public if it holds any relevant patents or any stock in any relevant drug or vaccine company. It is not commonly known that 56 individual patents were discovered to be owned or shared by one or more members of committees within the Centers for Disease Control. However, I don't think the CDC sells masks yet. There has been much controversy as to whether masks are useful or useless against COVID. However, a Danish study released November 18th suggests face masks did not significantly protect wearers from the coronavirus compared to those without masks. The study was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine and may determine and terminate the mask debate. The issue is bigger than whether a mask helps protect from COVID or not. And does any entity of government have the authority to require masks? The experts have been all over the map about this. Moreover, the worldwide lockdowns have been one of the most contentious, challenged, competitive, and caustic decisions government officials have made. The charge is made that socialists and the U.S. government want to destroy the present system to build upon its ashes a utopian society. Whether true or not, the lockdowns have destroyed most of America's restaurants and almost crippled travel-related businesses. That is true globally, and it seems the curse is worse than cure by destroying society. President Trump pushed and bribed health officials and pharmaceutical companies to accelerate efforts to develop a vaccine that would be given freely to Americans, and many billions of tax dollars were spent to accomplish that purpose. We are told that two vaccines are about ready and both are 95% effective. Another will be ready in January. But let me remind you that we have been given medical assurances regarding other diseases with some massive medical failures such as the HIV-tainted blood scandal in Japan in the 1980s, the swine flu in 2009, and others. WebMD admitted the flu vaccine for the 2018-2019 season was only 29% effective, and that the vaccine for 2014 and 15 flu season was only 19% effective. But you can trust the COVID vaccine. 
Only medical morons or political physicians, then I repeat myself, would assert that any vaccine or drug is always safe for anyone. I have some pertinent questions. Are these new vaccines safe? Are they effective? Are there any side effects? Do they contain mercury or formaldehyde or aluminum? Or are they made with aborted baby parts? Do I have the right to refuse vaccination if I think there may be more harm in the vaccine than in the disease? Will my government that permits mothers and physicians to kill over a million unborn babies annually, often at taxpayers' expense, permit me to choose not to be vaccinated? It's a confirmed fact by the Kennedy Institute of Ethics at Georgetown University that current vaccines for hepatitis A, chickenpox, smallpox, measles, rubella are all made using a cell line from fetuses aborted long ago. So let me get this straight. Society killed healthy unborn babies, but the corollary is COVID victims can live because of their deaths. The package of AstraZeneca COVID vaccine clearly admits the MRC5 Medical Research Council Cell Strain 5 was originally developed from research deriving lung tissue of a 14-week-old aborted Caucasian male fetus. The mother was a healthy 27-year-old who aborted for psychological reasons. And of course, that usually covers for the fact that the baby would be an inconvenience to the mother. So get rid of the baby so mom can fit into her best party dress. The polio vaccine, oral polio, which are live virus drops, measles, rubella, uh, tetanus, uh, diphtheria, hepatitis A, rabies vaccine, chickenpox, they all contain the MRC5 cells. Bishop Joseph Strickland of the Catholic Diocese of Tyler, Texas, courageously objected the use of aborted babies to produce vaccines. He wrote, so sad, even with COVID-19, we're still debating the use of aborted fetal tissue for medical research. Let me go on record. If a vaccine for this virus is only attainable if we use body parts of aborted children, then I will refuse the vaccine. I will not kill children to live. Very few Baptist pastors have taken such a courageous position. America, Canada, and the United Kingdom are being ripped apart by the longtime controversy of vaccine safety. And sure, there are educated, honest people on both sides of this debate, as well as deep-pocketed publishers, pharmaceutical companies, research universities, and medical bigots. And what often goes unmentioned is that the American Medical Association does not insist on mandatory vaccinations. Uh, keep that fact in mind. Just the thought of forcing any American to take a drug or treatment or vaccination is nothing short of tyranny, totalitarianism, and a substantial amount of thuggery. Every American has the liberty to decide what he or she wants to do with their body, of course, as long as pregnancy is not involved. In a day when the argument is made that women can decide to kill their own unborn baby, a person can decide what gender he, she, it is, whether one can decide if he or she is black or white, then a substantial argument can be made that I have a right to decide if I am to have a foreign substance shot into my body or the body of my child. From the beginning, everyone must admit that it can often be dangerous when anything is added to the human body. Uh, one of America's greatest thinkers and theologians, Jonathan Edwards, died because of a smallpox vaccination. And plus, there have been many deaths following a flu shot and others have been paralyzed. No one but a fool or fanatic would allege that vaccinations are always safe. Even if the new vaccines are successful, the virus is mutating and could even become more lethal, making the much vaunted vaccines totally unreliable or even deadly. And we've been told that there were no major side effects from the top three vaccine makers, though no person on earth can guarantee no long-term side effects, no one. In late October, The Observer reported that all four companies that are in the final stages of testing their COVID-19 vaccines, uh, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and Johnson & Johnson, all of them have reported side effects in trial participants after giving the shots. The AMA's Code of Ethics states, 
physicians should sensitively and respectfully disclose all relevant medical information to patients. However, that is not being observed by some health personnel today. Many patients are being berated, bullied, or booted from a physician's office for asking questions about a vaccine's ingredients and side effects. Of course, patients should leave such a doctor's office without paying and warn others of his arrogant ignorance and belligerency. Other medical dummies, or MDs, have even threatened to report challenging parents to the authorities for refusal to vaccinate a child, while some children have been removed from their homes because of an ignorant, immature, and insensitive physician. Look, I'm against using any vaccine on recently ill children or multiple vaccines on small children. Nor should any vaccine be used that contains aborted baby cells, formaldehyde, mercury, or aluminum. Producing vaccines is like making sausage. You don't want to watch them dump numerous dangerous ingredients together. What most Americans don't know is that if a vaccine kills or injures a person for life, they have no way to hold the maker or health provider responsible. See, vaccine makers have federal immunity from prosecution. So you wonder why they need federal protection if the vaccines are safe and effective. Speaking of effectiveness, to be effective, the Pfizer vaccine must be kept at minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit to remain usable. So what happens if a careless health worker inoculates a patient using a sample that has lost its cool? At what temperature does it become ineffective or dangerous? According to the Daily Mail, the vaccine has no serious side effects, but no expert knows what happens if a non-frozen dose is given. And get this, Natural News reported, it's a new paper published in the New England Journal of Medicine, attempts to make the case that people who refuse a future vaccine for the Wuhan coronavirus, COVID-19, should no longer be allowed to work and make a living, or even travel to see your grandkids. So isn't it strange that a health magazine is now doing politics? In a BBC article titled, Will Travel Be Safer by 2022? Travelers are told what to expect when they travel in the age of COVID. Namely, that they will need to present their vaccine record via digital tattoo. When they arrive at their destination, they would present the customs officers with an entrance visa and a vaccination record. And that could be a paper card or a tiny tattoo on their arm, invisible to the naked eye, but readable by an infrared scanner. And before we wrap, I want to go back and talk about the mask. And you've likely seen the signs or heard the statement, wearing a mask is not about you, but about caring for others, and shows respect. The intent is to justify government officials who demand everyone wear a mask, first in public indoor settings, and then to the outdoors, with some pushing for this in private settings, such as your home. Sure, this may sound noble, but is this really what the Bible requires if we are to follow the golden rule, the teaching of Jesus, and the overarching message of the law of God? How do we love our neighbors? And Jesus said we do so by keeping the six commandments of the second table. We don't steal his property, take his life, dishonor his name, covet his possessions, or promote immorality. But we protect his life, liberty, property, and God-given inalienable rights. We act in such a way that he is able to live free under God to pursue all that God wants him to do. Liberty, both internal and external, is the one great object of the Christian faith and has been uniquely expressed in the American Republic, as opposed to pagan societies where all truth and law emanates from rulers. Christianity teaches each man can know the truth and are to govern their lives in accordance with that truth. They are to be free to follow God and fulfill His will. That is what is meant by the phrase pursuit of happiness in the Declaration of Independence because pursuing God and being free to do His will is what produces maximum happiness. Loving thy neighbor means I will do all that is necessary for him to retain the great liberty Christ came to earth to give to mankind. A governmental decree demanding all men wear a mask, and whether the action is beneficial as some claim or not, increases the power of that institution that historically has been the most oppressive agent to human welfare. It opens the door wider to future encroachments by the government to control our lives, liberty, and property. 
1934, former President Herbert Hoover warned of the increasing government control of the Franklin Roosevelt administration, writing this, The rise of most dictatorship in history has justified itself upon saving the country in emergency. So under our current COVID-19 emergency, we are seeing the rise of statism, of government control in areas of our lives not yet breached by the growing socialism of American polity. Governors have decreed who can open their businesses, how many people can enter private buildings, how many can gather at a church, and what you can do in church, whether you sing or not, uh, where you can travel freely, etc. Some have imposed similar restrictions on private functions, even in your homes, and some places wearing a mask is mandated even while outside. These violations of biblical and constitutional rights and liberties are justified by arguing these actions are saving lives and saving the country. I mean, after all, it's not about you. It's about loving your neighbor and showing respect. But here's the thing. I, I love my neighbor, and I understand that statism is a much greater threat to them than a virus that man exercising God's given skills will learn how to overcome. And I also trust my neighbor to do what is right and to effectively govern his life. Living in liberty requires us to trust our fellow man, to act as he should, to be self-governed. Every day we drive our cars and we trust our fellow citizens to safely operate potentially dangerous machines, which can, and unfortunately sometimes do, bring death and destruction. Uh, yeah, I, I get that COVID-19 is a real virus, although we are learning it is not nearly as fatal as initially thought. If people are infected with it, quarantining is the biblical response. While this is generally done by individual choice, government could take action for those who abuse their liberty and purposely endanger others. But we should not quarantine those that are well. The consequence of universal quarantine produces greater death and destruction. And through lost wages, lack of obtaining basic needs, lack of access to health care for other serious illnesses. Individuals who are at most risk for the virus, the elderly with comorbidities, can isolate themselves from potential infection. Uh, others concerned for their safety can choose where to go and what to do on their own. Uh, those who think they may have been exposed, including the asymptomatic, can isolate themselves. Individual choice shaped by biblical truth and love is the foundation component of our constitutional republic. In a free society, we are to trust the individual citizen to act rightly. In a command society, government leaders believe they know best and must use force to get everyone to comply with their decrees. Rather than demand that my neighbor act in accordance with some government bureaucrat, and of course knowing this will only lead to greater loss of liberty in the future, retaining American liberty while governing myself under God is a much better way to show my neighbor I love and respect him. And that's my message. Uh, please do remember to like, share, and subscribe. If you wish to donate, again, a donation link can be found below for PayPal. And until next time, God bless you and your families. Be safe. I thought that was a really good video, and it brings up a lot of points, like that whole fetal cell crap in the vaccines is disgusting. The fact that vaccine makers have federal immunity is disgusting. Why would that be given to them? I mean, Big Pharma... They apparently run our government. We don't live in a free society. And I see some of the comments in live chat like, oh, Trump won't make it uh, mandatory. But will that matter when it's required that you have a vaccine certification to buy food at the grocery store, to have a bank account, to travel? That's what they're talking about. So, you know, it's in a way it will be required.
you might not have to mandate it or make it mandatory, but I mean, they're putting in the framework that you're going to have to have it to do anything for your kids to go to school. You're, if you work in the medical field, if you work in the medical field, you're a doctor, nurse, practitioner, you're going to have to have a vaccine. They require it even for like TB and the flu and like that's required for you to be able to work. And even the company that I just quit from, they were saying you would have to have a downloaded app. And this was before the whole vaccine topic came up. But I guarantee you that there's going to be large corporations that will say you cannot return to work in the building unless you've had a vaccine. I can definitely mm -hmm. see it go in that direction. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. And so, you know, I think that people need to make their own decisions on this. This is why I told people, like, you guys need to consider, like, what is best for my family? Am I going to comply with this, um, you know, and have a plan for how you're going to deal with this stuff if this happens? You know? I don't have a plan, <laughs> but I'm not taking the vaccine. <laughs> Same here. I don't, I mean, there's no way I'm going to do that. And I don't, I haven't even really started looking for work yet, but I can already tell, like, I'm not going to wear a mask. So that, you know, takes out half the jobs. And if they require, you know, a vaccine, then that takes out those jobs. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah, and I see people saying, buy your vaccine card on eBay. I don't think it's going to be that simple. I'm sure it will be linked to a federalized QR code, and you're not going to be able to just get this crap on the black market. They're not going to make it that easy. Come on. And that's also participating. I don't. I refuse to participate whatsoever. I'm not going to, even with a fraudulent document, because then that means that I'm agreeing to their system and to their control, and I won't yeah. do that. That's right. It's almost as if you're accepting or acknowledging that this is the proper way of, of doing things, and I wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah, and what happened to religious freedom? You know, we apparently don't have that. Um, and there's there's a lot of verses in the Bible, too. There's a, a pastor, I think his name is Breaker. I don't remember what his first name is. And he did a breakdown of all of the Bible verses that talk about covering your face and wearing a mask. And, and there's dozens of them and you could say well those don't apply to you know covid or whatever but it's uh, hiding your face is is a method of shame and that is what they did to the people that had um leprosy they would have to cover yes. their face and they would have to walk around and say unclean unclean if someone approached near them it's you can take the similarities to it it's it's just my face is my face. God gave me my face so that I could shine my beauty, whether it's beautiful or not. You know, I could be the most hideous creature in the world, but God created that and it's beautiful in his eyes. And I should not hide that. My face needs to shine with, I, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not a pastor, obviously, but <laughs> hiding your face is not, it's not good. Yeah, that's right. I see people asking about what happened to Austin's stream of PSB on YouTube. 
that's been taken down several times and one of the times when he was on an airplane or something so do not rely on that stuff we didn't know how long that would be up don't get comfortable sticking on youtube you're gonna have to follow us on other platforms um you know get used to d live twitch he gave us an update today saying that he's having his electrical system at home updated and it'll be back Monday or Tuesday, but, okay. but yeah, they're, they're eventually going to take that down. Of course they will. And that, that's the other thing. They're going to come for that eventually once they find it, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on with Roku. Last I heard there was an issue with the Amazon, um, web service or something. They like the cloud thing that they use. But as far as I know, like, we shouldn't be banned from Roku. We shouldn't be taken down from Roku. If we're having issues there, I'll have to look into it. I don't know what that is. But get and used I, to DLive, you know? I think there's people that can get us on Roku, too. So it's really weird. It's like there's only a certain yes. number of people that can't get it. It's strange. There are people saying that it works fine for them on Roku, and then there are others saying that they can't get it. I don't know what, what's going on with that or what that means. <laughs> so if you guys use Roku, give us a one if it works. Give us a two if it doesn't. Just curious. Yeah. This give us a zero if you don't use Roku. Oh, Roku was having regional issues. Tootie, thank you. Okay, that could explain some of it. But... um. There, uh, we're working on, you know, a couple things. We're going to be going up on Clout Hub soon. We'll have, so that will be another platform we have in a couple weeks. We're going to be, we're on the Tiger Network. We're on Twitch. We're on DLive. And then I think that we're going to have something else built uh, that will be um, linked to our website. Okay. It looks like hmm. most people, it's not working. Wow. Jeez. For weeks, can't get Roku. Okay, so, I yeah, I, I'm going to look into that. I think it's whatever um, they were saying in live chat that they're having issues, regional issues. That makes sense. Okay. All right. So, yeah, just, um, yeah, Amazon uses multiple regions in AWS, so outages can be regional. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so let's move on. But um, I just recommend that you guys, um, you know, always check the website. There will always be updates there about this stuff. And, um, you know, just start getting used to using these alternative platforms. I mean, YouTube is useless at this point. It's so freaking censored. There's no point even being on there. There is nothing interesting. I mean, all of the interesting stuff is like on other platforms. So <laughs> uh, get used to that and, you know, don't support or feed that system. I didn't, I wasn't a fan of DLive when I first got here, um, but I have learned I pop out my chat and chat has been really, really good about laying off the stickers until music plays. And I actually look forward to it now <laughs> to see when the music's playing, to see all the little dancing stickers. So, you know, and you can resize your screen too. So all the little, you know, characters and stuff, those don't show on your screen. So there is a way you can kind of adjust it a little bit, but it is what yeah. it is, you know, be grateful, be grateful that we're here at all. I mean, cause they're definitely got, a little target on PSB. Yeah, they really don't like us. 
Um, okay, so we've got uh, two stories here. This is lovely. And this, by the way, gives you an idea of what is coming, okay? Would you be willing to get a COVID vaccine in exchange for a $1,500 stimulus check? How one bold proposal would work. How disgusting. How dare these scumbags try to condition stimulus for the American people tied to a vaccine. That is not a free country. That is not humanitarian. It's tyranny, medical tyranny, and it's disgusting. And they so, know people are desperate. They yeah. know people will take it. Yeah, that's what sucks about it is they, you know, half of the freaking country is unemployed and struggling. And, you know, people have all these bills and bill collectors and everything calling and their freaking bank account is dwindling down any savings that they have like me i've been living off my savings which isn't going to last forever but i'm not taking that money no way yeah i mean we're struggling right now with being having the um our patreon taken down that was sort of like our guaranteed monthly income and now it's much different and uh, the donations are kind of um, not as frequent as before. And I understand why. I mean, everybody's going through this stuff, you know. Everybody is struggling right now. And so they're doing this stuff on purpose. So it's exactly what I was telling people about. They want to uh, imitate the conditions of, like, Weimar, the Weimar Republic, to get people so damn desperate they will accept anything just to be able to get back to work, just to be able to survive. And this is why I've recommended to people start trying to form communities, start putting together groups, you know, that you can share resources, work together, um, help each other out, because you're going to need that when shit hits the fan. You're going to need a group of people that can uh, help you. I mean, you're going to need to be able to have a bug out location, a bug out bag. You're going to need to know where there's a source of water. You're going to need to know self-defense. Like, this is all good things to know, Um, just saying. And so I want people to keep that in mind, that uh, there are uh, signs that not good things are coming. Then we also have here a British army tasked with crushing vaccine skepticism online. Oh, well, that's nice. So how many shows online are actually government agents? How many journalists are being paid to push vaccine propaganda? And then if they are, are they not acting as agents of the state? Are they not acting as uh, simply stenographers for the state? That's what they are. That's what they do. They aren't really journalists. They're stenographers for the establishment, and it disgusts me. I heard someone say today, oh, gosh, what was it? It was so perfect. Oh, uh, they call them sympathizers of the enemy, which I think is, I think that's a good way of describing them, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, all of these Chinese initiatives, right, half of the population has become sympathetic to their agenda. 
to their so ideology too. Yeah, so there's there's sympathizers. And sympathizers is also a treasonous offense. If if you're a sympathizer to the enemy, I mean that if you look up the definition of treason, there there's a clause in there for sympathizers. It's just like communism back in the 50s. There were people that were sympathetic to that cause and helped advance that agenda forward, and they were just as guilty of treason. Yes, exactly. Um, I did just drop, by the way, for everybody, uh, the link to the um, Ice Age Farmer uh, video that he put out today. I think that's really important that everybody sees that and, and becomes aware of that. Um, that was a really important video. And uh, I think that he's absolutely spot on in his assessment there. Um, now, I, I'm also going to show you something from his website in a minute here, because I want everybody to remember what I've been saying about the, um, what's it called? The, uh, the food stuff, the food shortages, check this out. This is up on his um, website. This is where the crop losses are. Look at it. Canada, the United States, all up and down the United States, through Mexico, down to South America, all over Africa, major in Europe, over here in Asia, in China, in Japan, in Australia, in New Zealand. It is everywhere. Isn't that lovely? Russia is like the only place that hasn't had the crop failures. It's very interesting because they keep talking about this, this silly channel I watch on YouTube, and they had a, their corn farmers, and they had a derecho, which I had never heard of. It is hurricane force storm, and it laid all their crops on the ground, like it, and it took out million dollar corn bins, like it was crazy, like probably a one in a thousand year storm. And it wiped out corn crops all over Iowa. Wow. Yeah, this is happening, guys. It's happening all over the world. And they are they know that this is coming. They're lying about it. They're not telling people the truth. But look at this. China's been buying up our, our food stocks, our food supplies. They just bought up a bunch of soybeans, and now they're saying that there's going to be global shortages on soybeans. Oh, that's nice. Real, real lovely. So, you know, there you have it. And yeah, so and countries, mm -hmm. countries are um, regulating now the exports to other countries for crops, which is kind oh, of yeah. interesting. So, I mean, at least they're being a little bit cautious and saying, hey, we're, you know, no matter the price they're willing to pay, we're not willing to send them everything. Yeah. I recommend that channel, um, Ice Age Farmer. He always does really good work. Uh, and he's been tracking this stuff for a while. So that's something I always um, recommend to people. That's a good channel to pay attention to. Um, all right. So here is uh, the first thing I wanted to cover. Philadelphia priest dies after participating in Moderna COVID vaccine trial. A priest. That's nice. As millions of elderly Americans prepare to take COVID-19 vaccines, 
that according to numerous reports can elicit some pretty serious post uh, second dose side effects for a day or so. LifeSite News has reported that a Ukrainian Greek Catholic priest died at his Pennsylvania home after participating in Moderna's vaccine trial. The media should have been all over this story. This is, you'd think, important news that you would want the American people to know about. They won't talk about it. But again, his family can't sue Moderna. They have immunity. I wonder, and I just, I, I won't wonder, do it. I wonder if they're going to get to a point where they say pastors and priests have to have vaccine to be able to, you know, perform services. Yes, of course they're going to come up with some crap like that. Uh, I won't do it. I will not take a vaccine. It's got fetal cells in it. I won't allow it. That is literally satanic. The cause of death isn't yet known, and it's unclear whether his participation in the trial for the new mRNA vaccine is connected to the death. Well, let's just put two and two together, guys. Father John Fields was the Communications and Religious Education Director for the uh, Archiparchy of Philadelphia, which is part of a Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. In the announcement of his death, the Archiparchy Archipachi stated that Father Fields had passed away in his home. The cause of death is yet to be determined, but he was 70. Jay Fields recently participated in the trials of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine after receiving an email from the University of Pennsylvania at the end of August asking if he wished to participate in the third and final phase of the vaccine trial. He was reportedly approached because of his age. Since he was in the age bracket, the study team deemed the higher risk group for COVID virus. The first injection he received was August 31st, the second on October 1st. Notably, the priest reported no serious symptoms after the second dose. Who knows, though? It can take a while for that nasty stuff to go through your system. I think of the researchers who, in only several months as part of Operation Warp Speed, collectively used their knowledge and wisdom from Almighty God to achieve this medical milestone. He said, "That's I'm sorry, but that's absolutely naive and ignorant. I may be able to contribute in some small way to the development of an effective vaccine that would stop this worldwide pandemic and the fear. No, the fear is created by the media. The pandemic has a 99.8% survival rate. Before jumping to conclusions, it's worth noting that another priest suggested he could have had a heart attack, but some organizations have raised concerns about the rate of serious injury in the high-risk group of Moderna trial volunteers, as was disclosed with the latest of the round, treat, uh, round three trial data. Um, three of the 15 human guinea pigs in the high-dose cohort, 250 milligrams, reportedly suffered a serious adverse effect within 43 days of receiving Moderna's jab. His second one was August, or I'm sorry, October 1st. So 43 days, yeah, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Hmm, interesting, a serious adverse event. Lovely.
Lovely. I was just I was just looking up um, like Regeneron to see if that contained uh, aborted cells, and it's the same situation where it's the same cell line that oh. was derived from the kidney tissue of a fetus that was aborted, and oh then they God. take those cells and grow them in you know petri dishes. So you know that. For this one, the 293 T cells, I think that baby was aborted in the 70s. And so they took the cells from that baby's kidney <sighs> and continued to grow those cells in Petri dishes. And they're all over the research centers all over the world. And then they use those cells to test for virus vaccines. And then before they deliver it, they like wash or plunge out any cell, you know, cell remnants of it. But it's still like you're st you're still using the cell as a way of identifying the cure. I thought that that was an antibody cocktail that was used from other people's blood who had already been exposed to COVID, but apparently that's not the case. Ugh, absolutely disgusting. It's just, you know, you have to draw a line somewhere, you know? You've got to put your, you have to decide what's for you and your family, where you draw the line on this stuff, okay? I know where I do. Um, yeah, no, that's a serious question because if you got COVID today, and if you were, you know, very, very sick, would you be willing to take a cocktail, a Regeneron cocktail that you know is a, the result of an aborted baby to save your life? I mean, that's a pretty hardcore decision there. Yeah. Is, is God and the right to life something that's worth dying for for you? Right. Yeah, that's something that everybody needs to think about. Um, and decide what is uh, best, what they think is best for themselves and their families, what they're willing to, um, how much they're willing to put up with, right? Uh, it is just, you know, it's sick. And now a lot of these um, uh, big corporations, these like Fortune 500 companies, they're requiring people to get the vaccine before going, being allowed to go back to work. Think about that. And of course, if anything happens, you cannot sue the vaccine creator. If anyone dies, if anyone um, is affected in any way or has any kind of adverse reaction, you cannot hold these people accountable. That is so un-American. Um, so here we've got from CNBC, would you be willing to get a COVID vaccine in exchange for a stimulus check? Become a, a human guinea pig and then subject yourself to, you know, fetal cells. How evil. How evil. Americans are eager for more one-time stimulus checks while the U.S. government is working to get COVID vaccinations to the American public. Why for a virus with a 99.8% survival rate? This is not something that needs to be done. Now, one proposal from former Congressman John Delaney aims to help both sides. Bullshit. 
by providing stimulus checks in exchange for getting vaccinated. No. The goal, to try to reach a 75% vaccination rate faster, which could save both lives in the U.S. economy. Bullshit. Again, I'll say it again. No. It's just crazy. I just, sometimes I'm just, I feel like I'm just living in this bad nightmare. Like, I can't believe we've reached this point where uh, the new world order is just staring us in the face, where you're actually yes. having to make a decision of life or death against, you know, financial survival or bankruptcy, you know, working or not working, providing for your children or not, all because of their agenda. It's just, I can't believe that we're actually... <laughs> Uh, Seawolf says alternate reality. I'd like an alternate one because this one sure freaking sucks. Exactly. Like, this is unacceptable and it's insane. And just look at how this scientism has taken over our country. And just look at how it's taken over the whole world. I mean, the whole world is following this disgusting tune. They're all being subjected to this stuff. It is you might as well have already a global government. Good Lord. Millions so Pondi, of Americans. I was just going to say, Pondi said we're losing our minds. It's not, you know, have faith that uh, it's not at that point yet. And you, you may be right. I mean, technically, we, we aren't at the place of, say, Denmark, who's forcing every citizen to have a vaccine. We're not there yet. But just the fact that it's on the horizon should terrify every single one of you. We are Americans, guys. We're not like other countries. We actually have rights here. And we're supposed to fight for them. And I have a right to refuse to have to be injected with a vaccine that came from the death of a baby. I I have a right to refuse that. But they've created this pandemic to ensure that my, the, my entire world collapses around me if I don't. Yes, exactly. And you need to consider the fact that Trump is one man the entire government is filled with corrupt clowns that work for all these special interests and every other government in the world is going along with this. You're not going to be able to travel to other countries without the vaccine. You're not going to be able to, I mean, you can see, look at what other countries are doing. For how long is he going to be able to, to stave this off? And then what happens when he's no longer in office? Stop putting all your hopes onto one man. That that should be with Jesus Christ, the only one who can save us. So I don't want. I'm I'm not gonna listen to this. Just like, just you know, everything's gonna be fine. Blah blah blah. No, it's not. Not unless we do something about it. Not unless we wake up enough freaking people and get enough people to say no to this. It won't. If everybody just assumes Trump's going to take care of it all, th then nothing's going to happen. He's one man. And and it's it's a it's a I don't know. I it, the best way I can describe it, it's a moral issue, right? Because for many people out there, whether they be Christians or not, they're willing to take that 
that vaccine. They're willing to make that decision to save their own lives. So, I mean, I, I it would be a smaller portion of the population who would refuse that. And I understand the political aspects of it that, you know, Trump is fighting the world and the virus is one of those fights that he's had to take on. Politically, he's had to make decisions. I'm not necessarily beating him up for that, but I'm also not willing to accommodate and say I'm willing to take take the vaccine either. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's a moral issue for me and for many others, it may not be. I think for the majority of our audience here, it's a moral issue that they would decline. But again, you know, if it, if it came down to it, you know, if you're on your deathbed and, you know, oh, we have the Regeneron right here. All you got to do is just, you know, take this treatment and you'll live. You know, it's, uh, definitely a interesting topic yeah i just you know i get upset when people just assume someone's coming to save them get out of that mindset that's the same mindset people have been in their whole lives that's why no one does anything they just assume somebody's going to come save them or help them no one's coming to save you that's the mindset you need to be in to protect yourself and your family and then if someone does magically come along to save you, well, you'll be pleasantly surprised, but you won't be disappointed when it doesn't happen because you'll have been prepared for the worst. That's how I think about things. Uh, and Pondy, you know, Pondy keeps saying the plan. The plan, it, the plan is a little different than what you're referring to there, I hate to say. Exactly. These are totally different things, and we're not privy to the plan. We don't know what it is. It's some, a vague concept we've heard about. But I look at, I judge a, a tree by its fruits. What is actually happening in the world? What can I verify myself? You know, I, it would be nice if there is something, but I'm not going to just assume that someone's coming to save me, and neither should you. Your trust and faith should be in God. All right, so millions of Americans are still hoping for a second round of stimulus checks to help them cope with the financial fallout of the COVID pandemic. No, the financial fallout of Democrat lockdown policies. That's what this is. It is not because of COVID-19. It has a high survival rate. It is the government policies that caused the financial fallout, and they did it on purpose. So they could do things like this, like make your little stimulus conditional on you getting a freaking vaccine. Meanwhile, the U.S. government is preparing to distribute vaccinations to the American public in order to put an end to the public health crisis. Right. You know, the public health crisis we have in this country is, um, you know, being a sellout, being a trader, being a grifter. That's the public health crisis in this country. Just today, another Chinese spy was indicted for trying to smuggle 21 vials out of the lab of our vaccine research. Good Lord, that's the freaking epidemic in this country. It's called treason. Now, one proposal aims to help both efforts by giving people a stimulus check in exchange for getting 
immunized. No, they just said, Pfizer just said they have no idea if you can still transmit the virus after you've gotten their stupid vaccine. So stop calling it immunized. That's absurd. The idea comes from entrepreneur John Delaney, a former Democrat congressman who also ran for president in 2020. The faster we get 75% of this country vaccinated, the faster we end COVID, the sooner everything can return to normal. Bullshit, it's never returning to normal. This was the same shit you guys told after 9-11. Oh, we'll just have TSA at the airport for a little bit until we get the terror threat under control. That became a global war on terror that is nonsense. So no, no, they're lying to you. Once again, they're fucking lying to you. Congress has worked for months to come up with an agreement on the next COVID stimulus package. President Trump said he would sign immediately a stimulus deal as long as the checks were going directly to the American people. Nancy Pelosi wanted millions of dollars for the Kennedy Center and all kinds of other nonsense. That's the problem. Democrats Did you see? holding it up. Did you see that uh, Nancy Pelosi now is saying, you know, well, since President-elect Biden is coming into office, we're now willing to negotiate and uh, do a stimulus check, right? Yeah. So now, and oh, and that they're willing to do it then at less than the four trillion they asked for. Oh my God! It's yeah, just they wanted trillions. Four trillion. They asked for six originally and then thought that they could meet in the middle with Republicans at four. And Republicans said, no, we only need two. But they put all of their garbage slush funds. I read that uh, Heroes Act, guys. It's ridiculous. That four trillion dollars is going to Black Lives Matter and to agencies that support prostitution and like all of these different federal agencies for handling, you know, extra costs associated to COVID. Like it's all slush funds. I'm just, I don't blame the Republicans. Yeah. I don't blame them for rejecting it at all. And, and the fact, the fact that they refuse to write a stimulus check that is solely for the people. And, you know, if you really cared about the American people, write a stimulus package that is just for the people and then do all your slush funds everywhere else. But they refuse to do it. And now her latest thing is, is that the stimulus bill that she's presenting includes protecting tigers and rolls out. uh, Yeah. Tigers and rolls out a full-fledged federal marijuana policy that's that's stipulations that they've rolled into their next round of conversations so they don't care about the people because if they did they would write those checks and trump said repeatedly that he would sign that bill immediately if they did a plan solely for the american people he would sign it immediately but they've still chosen not to do it because they do not care about us they don't care they will see us starve and go homeless and lose everything that we've got just so that they can get what they want. And that is not serving the American people. Yeah. If you, if you vote for a Democrat, that's what you're voting for. That's right. They don't give a damn about the American people. 
They want their little pet projects funded, and if they don't get their way, they say, screw the American people. They constantly use us as hostages. They constantly use us for extortion to extort more of their nonsense. You know, we already have $21 trillion in debt, and they just had the audacity to attempt to get another $4 trillion in debt for their nonsensical programs. And that's How my money. They? That's my money. I have to pay that back. It's not, it's not as if they're doing me any freaking favors. That's my money. I am a taxpayer, and I have to be the one for generations to come that is paying off that $4 trillion. They're not doing me any favors. I That's have to right. pay for it. Yeah, they're not doing it, anybody any favors. It is, it's not their money to give me. It's my freaking money. Give me my money. It's this same thing that gets me so upset over like Social Security and stuff, like with my brother who's basically disabled, who paid into it his entire life, but they refuse to give him any money. It's like, that's his money. What are you doing? Exactly. It's just so frustrating. That's our taxpayer dollars, scumbags. So these people, how and and here you've got the New York Times today blaming Mitch McConnell for the reason that Americans didn't get a stimulus. No, it's Nancy Pelosi. Thank you very much. She even admitted it herself. But of course, Twitter won't fact check that and say this is a disputed claim. So they're saying Congress has worked for months to come to an agreement on the next COVID pa stimulus package. Yes. People haven't gotten one since, like, March. It's now December. It's not happening. Republicans and Democrats are still at odds, even as 12 million people could lose unemployment benefits in a few weeks if nothing is done. More stimulus checks, once an area of bipartisan agreement until Nancy Pelosi, now seems to be off the table. At the same time, the CDC met this week to decide who should be first in line to get vaccinated. Once the vaccines are approved, they will be rolled out to Americans free of charge. Free. What the hell does that tell you? Free. Yes, because Big Pharma totally does shit for free all the time. Get the hell out of here. That's how you know you're the damn product here you're the freaking guinea pig right and it's not free of charge because we're no. paying through it we paid for it through the money that trump gave to all of these big pharma companies to develop the vaccine so sure when you go in to get that shot you're not paying but every time your check is deducted you're paying for it exactly. every time so it's not free i mean nothing's really ever free that's absurd um, some individuals may be afraid to take the newly developed treatments. There have been zero long-term studies on this thing. There's, they have no idea if it's safe or not. How dare these people? How dare they? Oh, how it would work? Extorting and holding hostage the American people. Look at that scumbag. Just look at how dead in the eyes he is. Satan's little pawn. I so think well, we, we do need to be careful, though, because some of these people are just so out of their minds and so caught up in the psychological warfare that they actually believe this. It's not, you know, and I'm not saying that about this gentleman, I'm just saying in general, even some of the Karens out there, they are so 
physically and, and mentally damaged by the psychological warfare that has been pushed onto our country that like if you invade their six foot space, they are really afraid. They are terrified that they're going to catch this deadly disease. They've been propagandized so much. It's not that they're evil, terrible people in all cases, although many of them, you know, not necessarily the Karens, but the politicians that know what this agenda is all about. But th this is greater than just people being crazy. This is, you know, an attack on our country and on our mind. We've been told many times it's a war for your mind. And that's what this is. How dare they listen to this? In the U.S., we already have measures to encourage people to get vaccines, such as requiring them in order for children to attend school. How dare they? It's not like we don't pull levers to get people vaccinated. We do that now. Oh, we have medical tyranny now. Thank you. Screw these people. Screw yeah, if you've them. got young children, you need to start, you got to figure out a plan to do homeschooling. You really do. Yeah, I'm not it's, it's not just going to be, it's not just going to be about COVID. It's, it's going to be other things that come along too. Like, look at how successful their COVID, their Chinese COVID plan has been, how effective it's been. It's not going to stop here. No, of course not. Then they'll keep moving the goalposts like they always do. Two weeks to slow the spread. Oh, flatten the curve. Fuck this. I'm not playing this stupid game because they're lying to you. This is the new normal. That Once you give them an inch, they take a mile. No, unacceptable. And that is the mindset you all need to have. Don't play this stupid game. And again, I just want to say that, like, you know, somebody said, we like we are getting upset about it because we can see, like I said, on the horizon. What if you're a senior citizen and you will not have access to your social security check or your medical care if you refuse to take the vaccine? Then what? Right. I mean, that is something that they could potentially move forward with. And yeah. how much of a voice do you have? How, how effective are you personally at stopping a bill like that? going through Congress and getting approved. Exactly. Look at the what they did in that one country where they all gathered outside banging pots and pans for days and they stopped one of these nonsensical um, COVID policies from being put through. Why aren't we out there banging on pots and pans in front of the Capitol building? I think it's probably, I don't know. I, uh, I, I see a lot of uh, very interesting things in our future that I think we're going to see people out in the streets in the near future. I wish yeah. it weren't going to happen that way, but I, and I don't, I'm not fair porn in, I'm not, you know, trying to be a concerned fag or anything like that. I'm just saying like the writing is on the wall and as much as I would love to avoid that, but you know, uh, what is it that says, you know, when a long train of abuses and usurpations, you know, we're, yeah. we're supposed to at some point say, no, we're not, we're not going to do this anymore. And we're taking back our government and, you know, that's where we hope that um, Trump will be successful 
in uh, accomplishing that. That's what's, That was a promise that was made to us. So um, we can only hope that, you know, that, that comes to fruition. And you just yeah. said it out there, Radix. You said we are the plan. Uh, if you, I, I just want to mention, like a lot of people are saying, you know, Keystone is Pennsylvania. If you go back through the posts that talk about Keystone, I personally and wholeheartedly believe that we the people are the Keystone. Yes. Because if we fall down, if we give in, and if we don't fight, it all is over, guys. They will walk all over us. They will destroy our country. That's right. We, we are the keystone. Absolutely. We've got to say no to this stuff. And we have to, like, they don't want us organizing. That is a big thing. They don't want us organizing. This is why they're trying to censor people, shut them down, is to prevent us from talking to each other, from organizing, from forming groups, from communicating with each other. We need to do the old school thing that Aaron talked about, the email list, where we put together this big group email and we can send out little blasts, email blasts, when, you know, and say, hey, look, we're all going to show up at the Capitol building this day at this time, and we're going to bang pots and pans and demand that this stuff stops. You won't hold us hostage and our stimulus money, which is really our tax money, hostage in exchange for a vaccine. You're not going to force us to vaccinate our uh, our kids in order for them to go to school. Uh-uh, no. So, of course, the when the Army's involved, this isn't a good idea. You know, online, it's called psychological warfare. The British Army's been tasked with waging psyops. <laughs> its newest war on its own people and their minds against British citizens who are skeptical of the rush to market COVID vaccine that was on Wednesday given the green light by the country's health regulators. The information warfare unit that will now go after people described as anti-vaxxer militants. Look at how they add that term on there. <laughs> words. You look bad. <laughs> That's projection. You're projecting that I'm like some violent radical. <laughs> I'm not a violent radical. I just don't want you poking me with freaking baby cells and freaking mercury. No, thank you. Exactly. That's the other nasty crap they put in there. Heavy metals, mercury. It's like straight up poison. Okay. Um, which appears to be a term used for vaccine skeptics as well as lockdown protesters in the past dealt with al-Qaeda in the Taliban in places like Afghanistan. Although, <laughs> wait, wait, I got to stop you there. Because scroll <laughs> back up, because it says, which appears to be, right? Which appears to be a term used because you just said it, you asshat. <laughs> what is this? Who, which who's this from? Well, no, this is Reclaim the Net. They're good. Okay. Okay. The report describes it as secretive. There seems to be a lot of information out there about the unit. It started in 2010 with the 77th Brigade and works closely with military psychological operations teams. So they're running psyops on their own people about vaccine skepticism. Okay. It is also known the brigade itself is about to call up both serving and reserve soldiers to reinforce its current activities. The way the unit's involvement is pre presented based on what is referred to as leaked documents 
is that its role in the continuing COVID commotion is basically that of a protector of British citizens who are being influenced by bad actors. The implication is that people who are refusing to be vaccinated or wear masks, as well as those protesting against lockdowns, have little mind of their own and have simply fallen victim to online propaganda from places like Russia. So, of course, if you're skeptical about this, it's not because you're able to think for yourself. It's because you've been influenced by bad actors. How absurd. So uh, this is nothing new, though. They run psyops on their own people all the time. Uh, our, ours does it to us all the time. That This is not new. Um, uh, they, uh, the British Army and GCHQ have created a counter-disinformation led by the cabinet. Good Lord. So that's absurd. Now we've got this one. Uh, kids under the age of 16, according to Pfizer, should not get the Pfizer COVID mRNA vaccine. What? I wonder why. Maybe because it's not safe. I mean, right? Children and adolescents, COVID-19 mRNA vaccine, BNT162B2, is not recommended for children under 16 years. How nice. How nice. Oh, my God. Then we've got um, revolutionary CRISPR-based genome editing system destroys cancer cells permanently in a lab. Oh, they've known about this for how long, and they're just rolling this shit out now? Come on, guys. They created the cancer in the frickin' first place. Now they're going to make more money off of its treatment. I just am so angry at these people. And of course, where does this come out of? Researchers at Tel Aviv University, so Israel, have demonstrated that the CRISPR genome editing system is very effective in treating metastatic cancers, a significant step on the way to finding a cure for cancer, right? And how many years have you been paying into um, Race for the Cure? God. In a paper published this week, researchers demonstrated a novel lipid nanoparticle-based delivery system that specifically targets cancer cells, and co-author Professor Dan Peer said it's the first study in the world to prove that the CRISPR-Cas9 can be used to treat cancer effectively in a living animal. It must be emphasized that this is not chemotherapy. There are no side effects, and a cancer cell treated in this way will never become active again, said Peer, the VP for R&D and head of the Laboratory of Precision Nanomedicine at the Schmunis School of Biomedicine and Cancer Research. The CRISPR genome editing technology capable of identifying and altering any genetic segment, oh, that's a little concerning, has revolutionized our ability to disrupt, repair, or even replace genes in a personalized manner. So where does that stop then? I mean, I think it's good that they're able to treat cancer with this. So many people have lost loved ones to cancer, but at the same time, how else will it be used? 
you're playing with fire. <laughs> you're being God. It's, I don't, I mean, I just, so the best way I can explain it, I don't know how many people out there actually understand CRISPR, but just imagine, think of your DNA like a row of dominoes, right? So you've got all these dominoes that, you know, not laid up, you know, standing up, but laying down. And it's like taking out a P one domino and replacing it with an artificial domino. It's not a real domino. And then yes. you can mix up, you can cut each of those, um, that's that strain of those dominoes and switch them around in any direction that, uh, that you want. And the hope is, is that when you take out one of those dominoes and replace it with an artificial one, you're removing the the DNA code, I guess, that contains the cancerous cell. But you're you're playing God at that point, right? And you're what's the effect of that that person's DNA on their children and their children's children? You may not see an effect of it today, but you could see it 10 generations from today. It's not, it, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's again, one of those ethical questions where you have to ask, is it, yeah. is it right for us to play God? And, you know, I'm a healthy human being. And if I were put in a position where I would have to ask those questions, I'm, I'm not sure which way I would go. But, you know, my faith is strong and, you know, my day to go is going to come whenever God says, you know. So I don't know. It's, again, an example of these new world order, super elite technology creeps trying to be God. It's their religion. Yeah, that's right. And I have to say, you know, look at it's their technologies that have led to the rise of cancer. I mean, come on. They're the ones that create this stuff and then they sell you the cure. Oh, how nice of you. Um, good Lord. Fear's team includes researchers from an Iowa company, integrated DNA technologies, and of course, Harvard Medical School filled with... Uh, you know, Russian and Chinese spies, those choose two of the deadliest cancers, glyboblastoma and metastatic ovarian cancer to examine the system's feasibility. Uh, glioblastoma is the most aggressive type of brain cancer with a life expectancy of 15 months after diagnosis and a five-year survival rate of only 3%. The researchers demonstrated that a single treatment of CRISPR's uh, LNPAs doubled the average life expectancy of mice with glioblastoma tumors that, of course, they gave to them, improving their overall survival rate by about 30%. Ovarian cancer is a major cause of death among women and the most lethal cancer of the female reproductive system. Despite progress in recent years, only a third of the patients survived this disease, but treatment with CRISPR, LPN, uh, LNPs in mice with metastatic uh, ovarian cancer boosted the overall survival rate by a whopping 80%. Despite its extensive use in research, clinical implementation is still in its infancy because an effective delivery system is needed to safely and accurately deliver the CRISPR to its target cells, Fear told Tel Aviv University. The delivery system we developed targets the DNA responsible for the cancer cell survival. 
Hmm. Interesting. Not the actual cancer cells themselves. That's bizarre. So, and this is, it's not just about cancer. They could also go in there and edit the DNA so that you never age. They could also go in there and edit the DNA so that you have better vision. They could, um, what we're, I think you were talking about it yesterday or somebody was talking, I think, no, it was Thumper. Uh, China is developing super soldiers and that's how they're doing it through the alteration of DNA. I mean, you're talking like, six million dollar man not done with you know robotics but through alteration of dna and um you know add in the robotics piece of it and the transhumanism i mean imagine a world where you've got super soldiers out there on the battlefield that can run twice as fast and can yeah. think twice as fast and can see twice as far and can hear twice as good. I mean, it's real. <laughs> yes, Kitty Woo, China is asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And this, again, kind of ties into what we discussed last night, where they're going to be creating this gen rich class this elite group of people who have been genetically modified and altered uh, and are can you know outperform regular people who haven't taken this you know satanic stuff and uh, they're going to become a ruling class in and of themselves because it is eugenics that's the other thing this is eugenics guys they, they're not calling it that but that's what it is now we've got DeepMind solves 50-year-old grand challenge with protein-folding AI. Yeah, DeepMind. Lovely. DeepMind has developed a piece of AI software called AlphaFold that can accurately predict the structure that proteins will fold into in a matter of days. Predicting the shape that a protein will fold into is important because it determines their function in nearly all diseases, including cancer and dementia, are related to how proteins function. Okay, I, I just, I got to stop for a second. First of all, I'll make it quick because I know time is running out, but also think of uh, Deep Dream. You hear deep yes, mind, deep, deep mind, dream, deep dream. Mm, interesting. Um, and then the other piece of that, um, scroll back up to that other bullet point. I just want to remember what my other point was. Oh, um, so they're saying that it can determine their function, nearly all diseases. So it, the protein will fold into it. Do you guys remember, I've shown it, I know TMC has shown it, where you can take a cell and you can put, um, robotics into it that make it like um gosh how can i explain it it's got like a fan in it and it can make those cells travel throughout your body to a specific location it can also yes i'm getting woo woo sorry atx <laughs> but you real. can yes you can you can make that certain cell travel to a particular portion of the body so you could direct it to the brain you could direct it to the lung you could send it anywhere in your body that that they want it to go uh so yeah if it, whether or not it will fold into that protein will fold into a particular location yeah. um that's crazy yes nanocells Ew. insanity it really is um 
Yeah, so deep mind, exactly. Deep dream, deep mind. I don't like the sound of that, guys. <laughs> Has jumped ahead, said Professor John Maltz, who is the chair of a group called CAST Critical Assessment for Structure Prediction. Oh, how nice. Google. Hey. Dennis Havis, CEO of Alphabet, Google DeepMind Research Group at Google's Future of Go Summit in China in May of 2017. Oh, how nice. More Google crap. Okay, so now I, I got to stop there again. I'm sorry. So you guys have heard about the Chinese game, like checkers, it's called Go. Oh. That conference is called AlphaGo. Yeah, so this was, I don't know when it was, probably I would think maybe at least five to 10 years ago. It was one of the, the you know how you always hear about computers playing chess against like the world's chess masters? Well, mm -hmm. uh, AlphaGo is like a super difficult version of checkers or chess, I guess you could say. And um, they used artificial intelligence uh, to play like top go expert and it whooped his ass basically. And it's what? interesting that they called it the alpha go conference because they used AI. Exactly. Yeah. Smarter, I mean, smarter than an individual guys. This is where the future's going in the hands of these people. And this is Alphabet-owned DeepMind has developed a piece of AI software that can accurately predict the structure that proteins will fold into in a matter of days, solving a 50-year-old grand challenge, quote-unquote, that could pave the way for better understanding of diseases and drug discovery. I'm sure that'll just trickle down to us plebs, every living cell has thousands of different proteins inside that keep it alive and well. Predicting the shape that a protein will fold into is important because it determines their function, and nearly all diseases, including cancer and dementia, are related to how proteins function. Proteins are the most beautiful, gorgeous structures, okay, and the ability to predict exactly how they fold up is really very, very challenging and has occupied many people over many years. Professor Dame Janet Thornton from the European Bioinformatics Institute told journalists on a call. British research lab, a DeepMind's AlphaFold AI system was engineered in a competition organized by a group called CAST. It's a community experiment organization with the mission of accelerating solutions to one problem how to compute the 3D structure of protein molecules. That's nice. CAS, which has been monitoring progress in the field for 25 years, compares competition submissions with an experimental gold standard. On Monday, it said DeepMind's AlphaFold system has achieved unparalleled levels of accuracy in protein structure prediction. DeepMind has jumped ahead. That's nice. Um, Mold added major impacts, a major impact a little bit down the line for drug design. Oh, so for big pharma and the newly emerging field of protein design with around a thousand staff and next to no revenue, DeepMind has become an expensive company for Alphabet, Google's parent company to support. However, it has emerged as one of the leaders in the global AI race 
along with the likes of Facebook, AI Research, Microsoft, and OpenAI. This is um, China, I believe. The breakthrough was welcomed by Google Chief Executive Sundar Pichai on Twitter, of course. Good Lord. These people make me sick. Yeah, because we need Google in biology and big pharma and medicine as, as if they're not in every other field. This is, they're a monopoly. I, uh, I dropped a link in Zoom chat because I don't know if everyone remembers what Deep Dream was and that might help explain it for everyone. So they, they used artificial intelligence and for the Deep Dream pro project, they went out and searched all of the pictures on the internet and then developed art from it, which is a very weird thing for them to do. But if you've got the name Deep that's associated with it. So deep mind is basically taking all of our thoughts, all of our, all of the textual intellectual property of the world and putting it to work through artificial intelligence. Yeah, so look at it, this. It's creepy as it gets. Good Lord. It is pretty disturbing. And again, we don't get paid for any of this stuff. They're using our thoughts, our images, um, our collective uh, stuff. Look at that. What the hell? I mean, that's just creepy shit, okay? It's just bizarre. Look at this. It's giving it a beak with it's, birds coming out It's of it. nightmarish. It it's, is. It's just, it's a nightmare. And it's better if you can watch it on video. I should have probably found one of those for you. But I'm a lot of you guys, I'm sure, have seen it. But I just wanted to remind everybody what, what we're talking about here. So in the case of Deep Dream, they did it with images across the Internet. And... Yeah, and deep mind is about using all of the intelligence of the world and com you know combining all of that so that an artificial intelligence computer can solve the world's problems and you know be great for humanity. Oh yeah, these eyes on everything are creeping me out. All right. <laughs> It's like we're always watching, we're always looking at you and sucking up your data, and we'll t we'll turn you too into a creepy monster. Yay. Yeah, so you can go now to um, Deep Dream and you can put in a picture and it will do Deep Dream on top of your picture. Ew. Mm -hmm. Like if, as if anyone would want to do it. It's so creepy. Good Lord, they're making dog humans. I mean, this is just satanic. That's how I see it. Oh, look, a Trump dog. How nice. Look at that. What the hell? It's, I did a whole show on this subject, and it just, like, it gave me nightmares. Like, this is the stuff of nightmares, you guys. And it's almost like you guys have seen the videos of, like, the Fibonacci sequence where, you know, an image just continues to go on and on and on and on. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, like, I mean, it's gross. Oh, my God. There's, she's an insect. Ew. They made her like insectoid. That's disgusting. 
So wow. Wang Dang Doodle says, what is the purpose of that? It's sick. So the purpose was to test it on images. So it's like a precursor to what they intended with DeepMind to take all of the intelligence, the intellect of the world, and put it into an artificial intelligence computer. And again, to, you know, for humanity. Oh, of course. And look at this creep. Like, yeah, that's totally the guy I want, you know, engineering protein folds. <laughs> look at him. <them. laughs> uh, so, Alpha yeah, folds, right. Why didn't you just call it deep fold? <laughs> it's so creepy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is just, like, sick stuff, all right? Now, of course, they, again, say that this is just to do good things. We're going to help everybody, blah, blah, blah. Scientific problems, blah, blah. Okay. Um, uh, they, they do say, um, while its results at the time were impressive, John Jumper, AlphaFold lead of DeepMind, said the team knew it was some way from producing something with really strong biological relevance. Yeah, because Google needs to be involved in my biology for becoming competitive. So this this um, company doesn't even make money. Why is Google so interested in it? Why are they putting so much money, time, research into this thing uh, if they acquired it for $600 million and it has yet to be viable and make any money? We all know that they're planning some sick shit with this. Well, they already are making money on it because they're, you know, working with the U the U.S. government in mm -hmm. COVID combating. Experimental you know, biologists. Mm -hmm, and, you know, putting it on your phones for contact tracing and that they don't do that for free. Exactly. Good Lord. We build a system that provides correct and actionable information for experimental biologists. <laughs> Sounds promising, guys. Uh, no thanks. Experimental biology. Yay! I'm just waiting for that, you know. <laughs> Sorry, but this stuff is like... It's upsetting. Yeah. And then another thing I wanted to mention too on the whole um, deep dream thing, that's also the way that people who've taken that psycho, uh, psychedelic drug DMT, that is what they say that they experience while they're on that drug. And so DMT kind of goes back to what we're talking about here too, is that it's like, um, uh, everyone says that it's like a spiritual drug and it brings you back to your like one true self where you're somewhere between the world and the spiritual world. And when people are on that drug, those are the pictures that they draw where it's That's almost so like a Fibonacci. Yeah, it's very, very scary. Um. Now, I wanted to share this because I thought this was important, and I think a lot of people can kind of relate to this stuff. No, no man, uh, Nomad Land, like No Man's Land, but Nomad. Nomad Land is a tender, unflinching look at the people the American dream has failed. Frances McDonald is naturally great in Chloe Zhao's adaptation of a book about older Americans who give up the security of home for the hope of work. So this is a, um, a movie based on a book where uh, this journalist went out and talked to people who basically, they were essentially the left-behind people, right? 
uh, Nomad Land is nominally a quiet portrait of a working class woman, Fern, who lives in her van and works piecemeal manual labor jobs along the West Coast. But really, it's intended to illustrate a particular slice of America where the social safety net has failed and what happens when the house in which you've lived is taken away when the social security you've paid into for 50 years isn't enough to retire on, when all your loved ones die, and when it seems the only thing to do is to leave it all behind. I have a trailer here for it. Uh, no longer housed inside four solid walls. With little steady income, Fern is making do where her old life left off, sort of. Um, then, while working a seasonal gig at Amazon, listen to how Amazon treats their employees, Fern meets an older woman, Linda May, who befriends Fern almost against her will. They're both parked in an RV lot, both living out of their vans, and so they're both working as seasonal laborers paid by Amazon. Amazon is employing people living out of their freaking vans. You know how much money Amazon makes? They couldn't do something to help their employees. They couldn't pay them enough that they could live in a freaking house. Soon that job ends, and with it, Fern's last remaining tether to her old life. I need, I need work, she tells a woman. I like work. Well, there is no work, so she heads to a gathering that May told her about the rubber tramp rendezvous where nomads meet to kibitz, attend seminars, share hot meals, find out about other campgrounds, and learn skills and trade household goods. Fern thus finds her community, which is comprised of people who have chosen or been forced into perpetetic lives. Um, I think it's, it, it sounds interesting, and I bet there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Actually, I watch a couple channels on YouTube. I wish I had a way of reaching out to her, because if she did a YouTube channel, she could make, like, some of these people make, like, a million dollars a year. It's crazy. Just really? YouTube, yeah. Um, there's wow. a lot of channels. Like, that's what I do to de-stress is I watch all these, like, homesteading and, oh, uh, wow. you know. Yeah, so there's a lot of people that have, you know, given up their lives and quit their jobs and, you know, doing, um, you know, living in a van. You know, they, they decorate the vans really nice, make them like a home, a bathroom, and a shower and everything. And then they travel across the country and make videos of the places that they go and they make YouTube cash out of it. Wow. So there could be something she could do. Right. Um, I just think, you know, it's, there's a lot of people that have been left behind. There are a lot of uh, older people that like are there, they get discriminated against in the job market because they're competing with young kids right out of college who will work for little to no money and don't have like a mortgage to pay uh, and things like that. And so, you know, I think that it's important. We keep that in mind that there are people out there that are struggling, that are suffering, that are less fortunate than us. And, you know, it wouldn't take much for us to be like that too. A couple months with no work and you're in the same position. So don't ever think that you're better than any of these people. Um, the Jerusalem Post, look at how they write this. A religious Jewish man was arrested for setting fire to the Roman Catholic Church of all nations on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem in what is suspected to be a hate crime. What? 
suspected to be a hate crime. He lit the church on fire. Why does it matter if he is religious or not? This is a hate crime. Why is it when there are hate crimes against Christians, the mainstream media doesn't give a shit, and um, they, these people don't seem to be charged with hate crimes? They're, oh, it's just arson. Oh, blah, blah, blah. No. People here don't really promote coexistence based on mutual respect of all faithful in the Holy Land. So you can see this is an image of the church um, that he set fire to. Police arrested on Friday a religious Jewish man, how about an extremist, after he set fire to the inside of the Roman Catholic Church called the Church of All Nations, located on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. The man, 49, is suspected to be a right-wing man who set fire to the holy site on the basis of a hate crime. But no details have been confirmed. The man okay, well, <laughs> I, I just want to say something there, though, because, okay, the Roman Catholic Church, a.k.a. the Vatican, a.k.a. the Pope, a.k.a. satanic worship, so he may not necessarily have an issue with the church, but uh, the leaders of the church um, and what they stand for. Um, and I don't know if I agree with that because I don't like this whole hate criming or cancel culture thing. Like he burned down a church for religious reasons is I can accept that title to it. But this hate crime stuff is a dangerous line that you're walking on because you could say that my tweets are hate crimes to people that, you know, don't have the same beliefs as me. So it's yeah, but it they still just, do it like to, you know, anybody else. Like if you deface a synagogue, they immediately call you an anti-Semite and they'll call it a right. hate crime and you'll go to jail for 20 years. Right. I'm just saying that it's like, you know, there's total disparity in the treatment here. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, there could have been another reason why he did it. It may not have been that it's because he's Jewish. It may be because he's done a little bit of research and discovered the wickedness that is among the people of that church now, not necessarily against the religion, but against those who stand for that church. I don't know. It is very bizarre. Um, I don't know why, like, even if your problem was with, like, the, the Vatican and stuff, why would you destroy a historical site? Um, you know, I mean, there's, like, the people there are probably good people that, like, attend the church. Oh, yeah, he's a nut job for doing it. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm yeah. just I'm just saying his reasons may not be necessarily as what they're saying. That's right. my only point. Um, there are some videos in here. I guess that's it. They just said that they don't really know, like, what his, his uh, reasoning for doing this was. They just suspect it to be a hate crime. And speaking of what you were talking about, kangaroo courts guys the rise of kangaroo courts we have two things we're going to look at berkeley law center creates first global protocol on using social media as evidence for war crimes if that ties into what you just said about your tweets and stuff how right. what using social media 
that's not very like scientific, guys. That's not very like forensic. <laughs> that's getting on the AOC list. Just the same thing as the AOC list, right? If you're a Trump supporter, then you're a Nazi racist. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with what Rosa Starbright says. Hate crimes are no worse than non-hate crimes. A crime is a crime. Intent doesn't matter. Or I mean, it's the intent that matters. It doesn't matter, like, you know, what they're, oh, if they hated someone or not. If you commit a murder, you're a murderer, and you should be punished for being a murderer. Anybody that's committing a murder is going to have some kind of hate in them that caused them to do it. What, what is this adding right. of, like, and you also hate title. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's in someone's heart. You know? I I just I, I don't know. I it just gives me that weird feeling like the new normal, hate speech, cancel yeah. culture. Like I don't like that language at all. I'm totally anti bullshit. <laughs> right. Well it's how do they know what's in someone's heart when they do something? They just make it up mostly. You cannot intuit that. Right. Arson is arson. Exactly. Um, So here we've got Christopher Rufo, San Diego Unified School District is forcing teachers to attend white privilege training in which teachers are told you are racist. You are upholding racist ideas, structures and policies. The leaked documents from the training session will shock you. Uh, The training begins with a land acknowledgement in which the teachers are asked to accept that they are colonizers living on stolen Native American land. Then they're told they will experience guilt, anger, apathy, and closed-mindedness because of their white fragility. What the fuck is this? We eat on stolen land. This is BLM. This is BLM training right here. This is Black Lives Matter because that's that's their other piece of it is the indigenous people and and you know you stole that land from the Native American Indians and it's not yours and it's it's that's what Black Lives Black Lives Matter is tandem. They've they've gone hand in hand now with that with that philosophy and by the way trump signed an executive order about this stuff i mean it is like it's insane okay this is insane it's bigoted and it's absurd expect to experience discomfort be brave speak your truth and listen to others truths right because you know apparently truth is relative and not objective um, how stupid. Right. Speaking of hate speech, though, they're teaching the white people to hate themselves. Of course. That's apparently fine. <laughs> Good Lord. Be explicit about race and racism. Give reparations. Yeah, right? Emotions, racial stress are stirred when making white people consider racial realities. Oh, so they're race realists, I guess. Guilt, anger, apathy, frustration, close-mindedness, defensiveness. You have to, apparently, we all think the same. We're all the same people. We all are racist. We have to accept it. And um, you're not allowed to say, no, I don't actually feel this way. I know what I think. I know what's in my heart. Oh, no, that's you being defensive prevents us from having a racial dialogue 
this is ridiculous. They're pushing racism, race, 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 race. Everything's about race. Because if you're not a racist yet, we're going to make you one. <laughs> exactly. That's what this stuff does, by the way. This pisses people off and it makes people racist. That's the only thing this training does. Right, because as Americans, we, we, I personally, I, you know, anyone can say that they're not a racist, but for me, I don't judge someone by the color of their skin. It's about their character. I grew up in Arizona. This is not necessarily a very racist driven community here. So I don't, I don't care what color your skin is. Why do you care about the color of mine? That's yeah. the thing that just drives me so crazy. I mean, I know there's some areas where racism is more prominent, but where I this is all a foreign language to me because there isn't racism here. Sure, we're no. on the border. I don't like illegals, you know, hopping over fences and destroying my communities, but I don't judge all Mexicans as illegals. I don't judge them all as, as criminals. I judge them for who they are, and I just... This is teaching America to be racist. It's yes, very disturbing. Yes, they don't judging white people as individuals. Apparently, all white people are, you know, bad. They're all racist. Uh, how utterly stupid is this? It's insane. Teachers so are told they must would... become anti-racist activists. Oh, good Lord. So they're basically saying you have to become BLM. That's what this is. So I just wanted to call out uh, Reeferman. He says, I'm going to identify as a lesbian black woman. I get, you know what? I guarantee you that if I put that like on my resume, I would have job offers like crazy, right? Because they hire for diversity now. Yes. The, um, the company that I just quit my job from, they, they have, I'm not even kidding you. Like I'd say at least 20 committees um, for different races and different oh sexual God. orientations, but not a single one for whites or straights. Oh my is that, God. That's discrimination. That, to me, that is discrimination. If you're going to call out or praise one, you need to call out and praise all of them. And to me, that's just equality. That's not diversity. That's, hey, we're all Americans. Shut the hell up. Everybody experiences oppression. Every group experiences persecution. Every group is, I mean, this is insane. <laughs> that's here just we go. equality. That's not. Oh, 47%. Wow. We're all Americans. Of, oh, we got somebody coming in here, I think. Um, yep. Uh, we are at the top of the hour. We're going to be passing it over. Uh, yeah, here, 47%. That is almost half of the, the students that go to this San Diego school. Ha only half of them will reach proficiency in reading and math. Teaching white fragility will do nothing to help students improve their academic abilities. It will only serve activist teachers who want to shift the blame to systemic racism. Well, exactly. These are failing freaking schools. So you'll reach half. Uh, you'll reach fifty percent on the mathematical requirements, but you'll be one hundred percent racist. <laughs> Great <yeah>. job. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. You know the students will still be um, illiterate and stuff. Right. You can't what? read or write or do a simple math equation, but he'll be racist. 
And here's the other thing before we um, flip the, uh, before we sign off and uh, pass this over, I want to quickly point out what they're doing here with the Berkeley Law Center um, and their global protocol, global as in global governance, uh, using social media as evidence for war crimes. Do they not understand that social media is filled with propaganda and psychological warfare operations? I mean, what what are these people thinking? Well, of they course, also, they invoke Nuremberg. Good they forget Lord. also that um, social media is supposed to be a free speech platform. And if I want to be a hater, technically I'm allowed to do it as long as I'm not breaking the law. Yeah, here they And I'm go. not a hater. I'm generally very nice on social media, unless it's Hillary Clinton, and then I have to call her an old wicked hag. But outside <laughs> of that, I'm very nice. The UN Human Rights Office, which of course gives China a seat on the board and claims that they're just great human rights activists. The protocol marks the first global guidelines for using publicly available information online, including photos, videos, and other content posted to social media as evidence in international criminal and human rights investigations. Again, if that information is doctored, if it is propaganda if it is fake how do they know this is what opens the door these are just kangaroo courts guys that's what this is okay kangaroo courts when you allow open source information which could be fake it could be propaganda it could be deep fakes as evidence in international criminal and human rights investigations that lacks forensics okay so this is absurd absolutely absurd and i just wanted to put this out there that again this is what they're moving forward with social justice nonsense unacceptable unacceptable great show radix <laughs> got us both all riled up boy <laughs> yeah exactly well that's a good thing i think <laughs> all right what do we have here who do we got uh, hanging got out tonight? Well, we've got the Patriot Soapbox Roundtable going tonight. So nice. you guys are welcome to 